Oh my goodness, John. Um, what did we just wow. witness on Saturday? Um, uh, the Manhattan Massacre take, took place. Like, I mean, wow. I, I'm, I'm still trying to take this all in. Like, it's, it's a lot for me to handle. I mean, I mean, it's just absolutely insane that we'd be talking about this scenario, but, but by the time we're recording this. Yeah, I'm, this I think this was a scoreline that nobody predicted. Um, John, can you believe you almost picked Oklahoma State? Gosh, if you actually would have picked Oklahoma State, you would have been I would have been flaming you right now. That's how we would have started the show. No, I I mean, that would have been I mean, maybe you could have argued when it would have been good luck. But now I got it. Now I got to say, oh, Texas is going to be really close next week. Uh, (laughs) They're favored by one for some reason. I think K-State's barely going to win. And the next thing you know, K-State's going to blow up. Maybe that's maybe that's our new secret stuff. I don't know. But man, I was so glad it came out a lot more different than I anticipated. I mean, I was just, I, I was speechless, man. I mean, even when, when the clock hit zero, I was like, oh my gosh, real, reality's starting to kick in. And then one yeah. second later, my friend taps on me. He's like, hey, hey, we're, we're storming the field. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 I had to run, I had to go storm the field, of course, which is, always fun after a big victory like this yeah i don't know how much um we're gonna talk like specifically about this game just because it was such a blowout that like you know it's not like we need to be like well you know in the first quarter we did this and then we did this it's like we won 48 to nothing you know before we get any further uh make sure you follow us on twitter chicken blake 75 leave a review if you're listening on apple podcasts um let's try and put this game into perspective because it's probably one of the most one of the greatest performances we've ever seen in K-State mm-hmm. football history, I mean, the way I see it, John, um, I don't know if you've got anything else in mind, but like the 03 Big 12 championship in this game, obviously they're two different games in terms of their how much they mean. But in terms of a complete performance against a really, really good football team, I mean, I think it's up there. You know, Oklahoma's, you know, obviously 35-14 is not 48 nothing, but Oklahoma was considered one of the best teams in the entire, in the history of college football. So they do that. But I mean, and it's the largest um, shutout win against a top ten team in all of college football, mm-hmm. um, at least since they started the AP poll in 1936. But I think that's the only real comparison is the 03 Big 12 title game. Maybe. I, oh, go ahead, John. I, I I heard this from John Kurtz today, and I think another one you could possibly compare this to is the 2012 game, K State. I believe number six in the country. They were at West Virginia. And Geno Smith, it was a battle between two Heisman contenders, a Colin Klein and Geno Smith. And I mean, K-State, K-State just absolutely smacked him around. What was it like 52-14 in Morgantown? I mean, that that's another one I can think of. But I mean, if, if you were to tell me that K-State would just be coming in here with, with, with a depleted roster and a backup quarterback beating Oklahoma State the way they did today, I mean, this is, I mean, forget about like any of the other, I mean, some of the like other Oklahoma wins we've seen lately. You might have to consider this as the biggest win in the Chris Kleiman era by far, by far. And I, and I know I'm, I'm not even joking, but the way this team played, it looked so completed. They were, they out, they were tough. Uh, they were physical. They won the lines of scrimmages. I mean, I, 
I just couldn't think of more of a best case scenario for K State today than what I than what I saw. Yeah, that uh, West Virginia game was actually the, what I was going to bring up next. But again, I mean, we were, you know, we were ranked higher than West Virginia. We we're probably favored by a lot more. Obviously, it's still an impressive win to beat Geno Smith like that, but it's not 48 to nothing against a top 10 team. I mean, this Oklahoma State team, to put it in perspective, I mean, they averaged 48, 45 points a game before mm-hmm. this. I mean, their previous like three games, they put up 36, 41, and 40 points. And I mean, we zero, zero points. It's just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, this is, this is the worst loss of a Mike Gundy era. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, it's based on all the scores and indications we've seen, it's the worst loss. I mean, it marks the third, only the third time uh, one of Mike Gundy's teams has been shut out in a game, which, which was the first time since 2009. And they lost to Oklahoma 27 to zero, I believe. But, you know, it looked like as if Oklahoma State was moving the ball after K-State's drive number first on the, on the first possession. If Brandon Presley didn't muff a fumble, K-State, K-State recovered the ball. And I think really then K-State just got it going. That Like, not only did they have a momentum on offense, but defense, they were just piling down on, Spencer Sanders and company. It was just, I mean, I, I I'm still speechless, Blake. I mean, nobody, no, not not you, not me, nobody, not I mean, not only in K State, but everybody in the Big Twelve was expecting for everybody on K State to have our inner dog in them, and just prove that not only are they the better team in Oklahoma State, but this further indicates that this team is the real deal when it comes to the Big 12 uh, race as well. Yeah, I think it, we're clearly the second best team in the Big 12, especially if we play well against Texas. And I think we've got the best shot at beating TCU if we were to go to Arlington. Now, since this game was such a blowout, John, since um, we've got some time to fill, um, can I suggest a new, a new segment called um, the Shenanigans Recap? Where, um, recap, I, all right. All right. Okay. You've approved it. I'm just going for it. Okay. Well, since I have a pretty unique experience being on the sideline, you're obviously you're in there, John, as well, being in the first row of the student section. I think we've, we've seen, we see some things. Um, so I just wanted to point out, there were a lot of people at this game, John. I mean, Bill Snyder was here, Richard Linton, Josh Pate from the late kick, who is jacked. I will say, holy cow. He's huge. Uh, His forearms are (laughs) He enjoyed his chocolate milk, uh, chocolate milk up in the press box for sure. That, oh, that's, I'm sure. Paid state, that's paid state material at its finest. Um, I mean, Eric Stone Street came along as yes. well. Uh, he was he was conducting the band late in the game. Uh, yeah, I man. played a drum. I think he played the snare drum too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there were it representatives was- from the Sugar Bowl and the Alamo Bowl. I think you, um, D. Scott Fritchin pointed that out, but I saw it from you, John. Um, Tim Brando wasn't at this game. Uh, Jason Betty, Brock Heward were the cat. So, um, suffice God, Brando wasn't there. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. Freaking uh, show, man. Yeah. So, suffice to say, John, um, everybody except Oklahoma State showed up to this game. Um, so, yeah, pretty um, much they were, they were, they were just in still water. I mean, the way this was played, I mean, it's, I mean, it, I mean, look, K State had, 
a few banged up players, but I mean, they had they had a lot of talent. You 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 talk about Deuce Vaughn, um, Will Howard, who just okay. We'll talk about Will Howard in one second. Yeah, let's let's do a segment for Will Howard. Let's get through. Let's get through these shenanigans. We we can't we can't cover everything um, at the same time. Um, my gosh, and then well, sorry, and then the talent on defense was there, and you would have thought Oklahoma State would have been there as well, uh, but they just weren't. They were still down in Stillwater. They brought their second. They brought they brought what it looked to be their second their second strings or their backups. It didn't look good. It, I mean, dude, it it was an FCS game. It, it South Dakota could have beaten them. It, South Dakota could have beaten them. I mean, it, Oklahoma State looked pitiful and pathetic. Uh, K K State ran it up and down their throats yesterday. Uh, I mean, it was just Oklahoma State had no chance. No chance whatsoever. When that when Presley fumbled the ball, it like it was game because we all know what we're gonna happen. Deuce Fun was gonna run it up their ass and just well, I was gonna go off. I'm I'm still I'm still speechless. I mean, we I mean I heard from on some of the radio halftime as well. Stan Weber, he was like, Will Howard is good. Kansas State is good. I mean, it's I mean that's as simple as it can be. It's it's not that Oklahoma State's a bad team. They were just a bad team yesterday, and K-State was just a much, much better team. All right, John, let's continue with the shenanigans here. Um, <laughs> uh, let's talk about I got to, I got too excited. Yeah, you say you're speechless, and then you just went on a five-minute tangent how we beat the crap out of them. So, uh... <laughs> damn right, buddy. You're damn right. Uh, let's talk about the costumes in the student section. There were some pretty solid ones. Um, we interviewed the Fortnite bananas on the pregame show on ESPN plus. Um, I didn't hear what they said, but I'm sure it was interesting. Uh, there was like a whole slew of bananas up near the top of the student section. So yeah. cr- credit to all them. Um, we had some Ninja turtles. There were a couple Teletubbies. Uh, there was a Teletubby with a really good meme on it where uh, I'm going to tell my kids this was Mike Gundy. And it was a picture of Joe dirt. Mm-hmm. um from uh what what movie is that um um is that a hot rod it might be from hot rod. with handy andy sandberg uh let me see okay well anyway uh while john's doing some really extensive research um there was also a witch overall just some pretty solid costumes um you know the usual suspects on the front row including john himself um some really sure. solid stuff yes Did you well, find I the would- movie uh, I mean, I think the movie was just called Joe Dirt, but I could oh, be- it was. There's just a movie called Joe Dirt. Okay, I don't know if oh. I've seen that. Then anyway, uh, pretty solid meme. Anyway, is that something solid. I gotta check? I gotta do, John. I mean, I don't think I've seen Joe Dirt. I, 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 I don't really know, and I don't necessarily care. But okay. it's okay. It's okay. I mean, if you if you like that stuff, by all means, by all means. Okay, uh, I'm trying to find. Oh, Christopher. Yeah, I definitely have not seen this movie. Then, if Christopher Walken's in it, anyway. Um, another thing I want to point out, John, we had the sky cam for this game uh-huh. since um Fox was here. Gosh, I don't know. You saw um during the the ba- the pregame band show when they had the sky cam over the top when the fans were storming the field and they were using the sky cam. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so. I just I love. I go crazy for some sky cam stuff. Oh man. Um, so good, man. It's just, it's, it's just the best. It's the best thing there is. If I was a director, I just permanent, I just, it'd just be a one camera setup. Just give me the sky cam. 
That's all you really need. That's the reason why ESPN, I think ESPN two for like the national championship is just the sky cam. Um, there's a reason for that. Um, let's see during a couple of my experiences, uh, during the game, um, when we were doing the, uh, raising canes dance challenge, um, a couple of people in the front row told me that they didn't have money for dinner. Um, so they were going to try and dance their way to get some dinner. Um, unfortunately they lost to like a 10 year old. Um, they were really mad about it. It was kind of funny. It's like, well, this guy has like a mom to buy him stuff. It's, you know, it's tough for these kids out here, but you know, it's like, you know, kids are more likely to win that kind of stuff. It helps to be younger. You know, you just got to dance better. You got to dance better. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go all the way from the sidelines, John, all the way up to the sixth floor of the West stadium center to get Wyatt, which was not fun. I had to go up like three flights of stairs with oh, the, like 10 pound camera. Yeah. You, but, you had that bad presentation for him, right? Over yeah. A- kind of, it was more like a recognition just, you know, of him making the hall of fame which obviously congrats um, standing, standing ovation the best there is yeah too so yeah it was cool because he came back like in the middle of it or like right before we came to him so he he had to talk and like wave to the camera at the same time but he was really cool about it um i got almost got ran over by the band at halftime because they were doing that they were doing their late mid show which was great by the way you should have if you missed it you should have stayed during halftime it was really good anyway they started marching towards me and i'm like because i had to do the homecoming stuff i'm like oh my god and it wasn't the first time I felt like I was going to get run over. Uh, <laughs> also, how'd the burrito roll go? Um, I wasn't there for that. I usually uh, cover that. So actually, speaking of the bananas, it was the Fortnite bananas. Oh, okay. Uh, versus the Army bananas. You, you see the <laughs> you see the other the other banana group that they had. Like it was like fifteen banana people wearing banana suits. Yeah, like that. It, they were back there on the back end of a stands yeah uh, but it was fortnite stands versus army bananas uh and the army bananas won that one uh because because the uh, fortnite banana was slow as hell uh what are we doing out here he, well but well we actually the, the army banana got some help from one of the event staff which is pretty unfair but it is what it is <laughs> wow Man, okay. Well, um, let's talk about uh, Storm in the field after. Let's talk. Let's get back to this game a little bit. You kind of said everything that needed to be said in terms of you know we just beat the crap out of Oklahoma State. We'll talk about what Mike Gundy said in his post game press conference. Um, he made some excuses. Um, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, where are my notes at here? I mean, like I said in our preview that given our quarterback health situation that there was in what we've seen from Oklahoma state's defense, there was an opportunity for a 300 yard passing game from whoever played at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we were dang close 296 yards. Um, I believe it's probably, I'm not a hundred percent sure of this, but it's probably the most passing yards we've had since Skylar Thompson passed for 320 against Oklahoma, Oklahoma last year. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Like Adrian Martinez was like in the two forties against Iowa state. He hasn't gotten that close this year. Um, I don't think Skyler had a performance like that in terms of passing the ball, at least um, in 2021, besides that Oklahoma game. Um, Deuce Vaughn obviously had an amazing game, 158 rushing yards. He passed L Roberson and Daniel Thomas. He's now third all time um, for K state career rushing yards. He needs only 46 more yards to pass John Hubert and get the second. Um, and then he's, he's got a ways to go if he wants to get to Darren Sproles record. Um, I mean, like he would need over 2000 yards in a season and a half to pass Mm -hmm. Darren Sproles record. 
Darren Sproles career rushing yards record, probably one of the most unbreakable records at K-State. It's not an all of college football. I mean, like it just proves how, how awesome Darren Sproles was during his time at K-State, but congrats to Deuce Vaughn. So he'll obviously get to second all time after three years. We'll see what he does. If he wants to come back or do whatever. Um, so, I mean, just every stat in this game is just so K-State fair. Go ahead, John. And then on top of that, I mean, with Deuce Vaughn getting that like crazy reception on the left, on the left corner of the end zone. I mean, that was, I mean, that was a tremendous catch. I mean, but I mean, but wide receivers did well too. Malik yeah. had a great day. Um, Cade Warner, my Man. gosh, if you want to talk about great stories with Adrian Martinez and Will Howard having the greatest comeback stories. Cade Warner started at Nebraska and he hasn't gotten really a benefit of a doubt. And, you know, things started kind of slow for him at K-State. Uh, didn't play too much of a of an impact when it came to the wide receiving game early on, but I mean, we've seen for the past few games, he scored, what was it, three or four touchdowns, two of them, which uh, which came against Oklahoma State. Uh, I mean, that connection with Howard and Warner is just looking, it's just looking fluid. I mean, it, it just looks like they're, it's it, it's coming in all cylinders. I mean, that, that fourth down throw that they had was right on the money. Like, that was that's a tough throw. That's a tough throw. I mean, and... we'll... Yeah, go ahead. Keep going, John. You're on a roll. Keep going. I don't want to mess you up. No, okay. I mean, I mean, I was just going to wrap it up. I mean, that was just a fantastic play. And, you know, K-State did – had the biggest best plays to really – I mean, just really what, – what was I going to say? They just really – I mean, they just – clobbered Oklahoma State at in the biggest place possible. And especially when okay, this is this is a little weird. Try not to get off topic here, but K-State had the enough explosive plays to go down the field and score. But at the same time, K-State kept I mean kept their offense on the field. Whether it's like they're running the ball down the field, it's like you're marching into enemy territory rather than taking some explosive plays. So as you can avoid taking Spencer Sant so as you can avoid having Spencer Sanders in the Oklahoma State offense back onto the field. And I don't know. I mean, the the offense was the offense was on par yesterday. Um, I mean, you what were you were you gonna mention on Will Howard at, as well? Or oh, I mean, I was just gonna specifically mention that fourth and ten throw that that was a really tough throw. I mean, he didn't really have his feet set, he was still scrambling like to his his left. So he was, yeah. you know, that's a tough throw. And he, you know, he could totally on the money. And I mean, could, to credit our wide receivers, like you already mentioned, it's not like Will Howard was thrown to wide open wide receivers the entire time. That Deuce Vaughn catch should not be taken for granted. That's an amazing catch. Phillip Brooks, he he didn't get a ton of you know uh receptions this game, but he made a really nice touchdown catch on an mm-hmm. over-the-top thing. That was a really nice play concept, by that the was, way. Just a, a little great- like like a little sort of like mini wheel thing. I don't really, I'm not a football, I'm not the Aggieville Alley Cats, but that was a really great play design. I saw that right away. I was like, he's going there. Um, Cade Warner, I mean, Malik Knowles, the bubble screens were just like, or the screens, I should say, in general were on point today. I mean, Malik Knowles just totally making a guy look stupid on a screen. Cade Warner breaking a couple tackles for a touchdown. Just, I mean, unbelievable all around performance by the entire squad. Um, I mean, I don't even know what else to say about these stats. I think you talked a little about time of possession, um, you know, 35 minutes yeah. to 24. And we had all these explosive plays, like you mentioned. I think a lot of that is just due to the fact, 
I mean, obviously a 14 play 77 yard drive to end the first half helps a lot when you take off 630 off the clock. But none of our drives were too long. I think it more has to do with the fact that Oklahoma State would just three and out or fumble on the first play just all the time or, you know, throw an interception. They just, I mean, what was their longest drive they ever put together? It was not very long. It was like three minutes, maybe not even that. I mean, they just didn't have the ball the entire game. But Oklahoma State, they did not have their receivers on point. We saw the likes of Josh Hayes, Julius Brintz, Kobe Savage. Echo Boydo, I mean, even Sincere Mason at some points, I mean, they were just getting onto the wide receivers. They were just covering them up. They limited Spencer Sanders' ability to pass. So you would have thought, considering how fast Spencer Sanders is at times, is that he's able to kind of fill through some gas, but K-State complied enough pressure to the point where he was pretty much limited. And, well, actually, he was limited. Seven carries, negative nine yards. Uh, I mean, let me let me let me tell you this, man. The leading rusher for Oklahoma State oh, is yes. none other than Gunner freaking Gundy, Mister Helen Keller, with his shaking hands. <laughs> and dude, dude was dude was nervous for his life, uh, but he still led the team in rushing yards, five carries, twenty-seven yards, and that's uh, all pretty much. It was all on one scramble, pretty much. Yeah, on one, pretty much on one scramble. So, I mean, pretty much uh, being the main highlight of Oklahoma State's career rushing day, uh, 30 carries, 54 yards. I mean, that that's 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 just fantastic. Uh, I mean, we got to pour one out for the Oklahoma State fans. Uh, I mean, n- not only do are they dealing with possibly one of the worst offensive coaching staffs uh, with Casey Dunn because he's so conservative with his play calling. Uh, Derek Mason comes in in his first year from Vanderbilt. Uh, he's, I mean. What okay, he he's also coming from Auburn as well. I mean, that was just never gonna pan out. I mean, you give up 47 points to Central Michigan, you deserve to get four, you deserve to get dumped by 48 points and all. Um, man, uh, and then just and then just, I mean, the, the and I, I don't know. Oh my gosh, dude, I, I am I'm excited. I, I am on one as, uh, right now. Um, this game not only well, this is a second straight. This is a second win over a top ten team, but this is also the second straight win over the state of Oklahoma, right? Yep. This I mean, forget about calling Norm. I mean, forget about living in Norman, Oklahoma, or Stillwater, Oklahoma. You're living in Baja, Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, every everything north of the Red River belongs to us. It, it is ours. It is ours for the taking. Uh, we. We we paint we paint that crimson cathedral purple. Uh, we paint that orange ass prairie or whatever what whatever is spectacular in Stillwater. That's purple as well. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean the Oklahoma game. I mean, K State's used to owning Oklahoma these days. It's nothing I mean, special. It's, it's nothing special. I mean, putting up forty eight on Oklahoma State while limiting them to zero points and fifty four rushing yards. I mean, that is a statement. That is a yeah. freaking statement, my dude. I mean, yeah, okay. I was not planning on, on having this much of a high horse before the show. I had, I was doing two radio shows. I mean, I was doing two shows with some of our colleagues before that. I didn't think I'd be this way, but 
but when I saw you, I was like, oh man, you you definitely have something up your ass today. Uh, so me? I, <laughs> you came up with a shenanigans party. I mean, I I don't know. I I don't know. I'm what like I mean. I guess we only I guess we only nitpick concern today. If I had oh, we're, save that for Friday, John. Listen, the okay, climbing as the twenty four hour old. We have the twenty four hour old. We're celebrating. Um, before we about four hours at this point. You though. mentioned the defense a couple hours ago. Um, I just want to quickly mention Nick Allen. We got to talk about Nick Allen with Nick no good Daniel Green and Khalid Duke out for the first half. Nick Allen led the team in tackles. He was mm-hmm. huge. I think people were a little disappointed by his performance against TCU, but I think he played really well against Oklahoma State. It was able to rebound there. Um, and we got to talk special teams really quick too. I mean, Ty Zentner's now kicking for us. I'm guessing he's full time as our our field goal kicker now. Yeah. He made two two easy ones, but you know, he he was you know he com- converted on the opportunities that were presented to him. So you got to give credit to Zentner there. Punted the ball really well as well, but I mean. Like not like, like he needed, not like he needed to punt the ball that much anyway. Yeah, he, he only punted four times. He only punted four times in in the entire game. Um, on on the defense, though, you mentioned Austin Moore. Uh, I mean, sorry, Nick Allen. Um, but you, you bringing up some of these names as well. Austin Moore, Drake Cheatham, uh, Jake Clifton had a few big plays. I mean, look, this is one of this. We had one of the more depleted teams uh, hitting into this contest. Would. Daniel Green being out, Khalid Duke was ejected in the first half. Felix was banged up as well. K State still, K State brought in all these guys that haven't had too much playing time, and they just it just looked like you're filling in. It's like a puzzle. It's like you take up another piece, but you bring in one piece. It's just it's just they just made it like like it's light work. It's just like complete light work. I mean, it didn't look like. Nothing has changed too much. It was just pretty much the entire. It was pretty much the names uh, of the of back of our jerseys that's changed. But I mean, they 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 rose up to the occasion, uh, especially against what many believe to be an explosive Oklahoma State offense. Uh, that just did not pan out. And you know, some of those some of those defense positions in which Oklahoma State was all the way back, none of it would have been possible for Ty Zentner. I mean, he was placed on three duties today: kickoff duties punting duties and Ben you out, out on the kicking duties as well I mean he he is pretty much what is what is defining K-State special teams you right now when it comes to the kicking game without a doubt so um I mean I I we pretty much just wrapped up through this entire game like in a matter of minutes but I mean this was this was probably I mean this was the best one in the Chris Kleiman era without a doubt but I may have to argue this might be one of the bigger wins in program history um, as well. And just more, just more of how convincing it was uh, from my, from my perspective. Maybe in like an isolated, like in a vacuum, if you don't put any context around it, because this game is going to be remembered for a very long time. It's in the history books already, but what happens after this will obviously have an impact of how this game is felt as well if we, you know, can win out somehow or, you know, even just, you know, drop a game and still make it to Arlington and win there, then this game will be remembered a lot more fondly. Then it's just like, a, oh, you know, we beat this game. We beat Oklahoma State 48 to nothing. But so, I mean, that's going to be a really important part of it too. Um, and then, I mean, just looking at the stats one more time, I mean, 
John, we were five. We were only five of 15 on third down. We talked about it in our preview, how Oklahoma state's third down defense was so good. And our third down offense is terrible. I mean, we were still kind of terrible, but it didn't really matter because we didn't need to get to third down that many times. We had the same amount of um, third down attempts as Oklahoma state and they had way less time of possession, but three of three on fourth down. Um, you love the aggressiveness on the first drive. You love winning the, winning the coin toss, first of all. So what are oh, we yeah. now? Seven and one or six and yeah, one in the coin toss seven or something. And one. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. Um, and we were just, okay. I don't know what the other teams are doing. We're just killing it right now in the coin toss. We choose to receive, we go for on fourth and 10, even after a false start penalty on fourth and five, we call a deep shot and we, and we connect to Cade Werner for a touchdown. I mean, what do we, what have we talked about before, John? We've had leads before, obviously. Um, you know, we've been up 14, nothing. We've had leads like, you know, we were up 18 against TCU, but what did we keep doing? We can, we push the pedal to the metal. Thanks to our defense. A lot of the part to put up a donut on the Oklahoma state side, but we, we kept taking shots. We kept the pressure on and we finished the game strong. I mean, we scored a touchdown with our entire second t- second string squad in crew. Jackson got an interception against Gunnar Gundy and stuff. I mean, this team, this is a 60 minute performance that um, will be remembered for a very long time. Um, I don't know if there's really, you know, I, I don't know if there's that much else to say. I mean, you, you pretty much, you, you pretty much just, um, uh, what's that saying? I, I don't, I don't know what I was going to say, but, uh, when it comes to that saying, put the but, needle in the coffin or the yeah, nail you, in the coffin. Yes. Yes. You put the nail on the coffin, um, the with that. I think this is without a doubt, the most complete performance I've seen in, in a long time. I mean, and that, and that's really saying something. Um, I mean, we, we seen well, well, West Virginia game in 2012, but 2003 game against Oklahoma, Stuff like that. And so some games back in 1998, like when David Allen's punt return against Texas, K-State blew them out on that one as well. But, I mean, the, just seeing Oklahoma State as the number nine team in the country, just getting absolutely derailed. This, and, again, this is Mike Gundy's worst loss as a head coach at Oklahoma State. Um, it, just, just, it just tells you how prepared K-State was, Oklahoma State was not ready. I mean, they, I mean, we saw during some of the press, uh, some of the post-game press conferences for his sake. Um, I mean, they were dealing with some injuries as well. He did not, he did not handle handle things as as uh, as planned during some of the practices, and we, and that ultimately uh, led to some of the major turmoil that led to this result happening. And K State came out ready offensively and defensively had their best games of their lives and especially for will howard i mean i mean i will touch on one more thing well will howard get seeing him getting raised by some of the football players i mean he he deserved every single part of it how much adversity he had to fight through um he i mean he just completely showed up I mean, will this create possibly a quarterback controversy? Possibly. I, I desperately hope not. Um, but this is, I mean, I, I couldn't be more happier for him. Hell, I shed a tear when when he when he was carried by players as by the players as well. Um, like just looking at some of the videos, but um, nonetheless, you you're not you're also bowl eligible as well. Third, third time member Chris Kleiman era, you're bowl eligible. And then on top of that, you're sitting alone, second place in the Big 12. 
if you want a few more games, I mean, it, they are, the, the chances that Arlington are looking a lot more realistic uh, than they were last week and a few weeks even before that because a lot of people said, hey, we're getting K-State very good, but not Big 12 caliber good. We're going to write you off. But, uh, but K-State made a strong statement yesterday without a doubt. Yeah, I think considering that Oklahoma State had already played TCU in Texas and actually beat Texas, that they were definitely our top competitor for that second spot at Arlington. Um, Texas is going to be one of them now. And who knows, Baylor maybe too, considering that they've kind of started to turn it on um, later on in the season. So getting this win against Oklahoma State, putting them to two losses, being alone in second place with one loss, we control our own destiny. You know, we, we don't have to rely on other teams to lose. We can just do our thing and we'll make it to Arlington. Um, and with that win, John, I mean, we move up in the AP poll nine spots to 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the biggest jumps you'll ever see. Or we're the second highest ranked uh, two-loss team behind Utah is at 12. Um, well, go ahead. The highest playoff ranking K-State at uh, – well, K-State could be on the verge of being uh, the highest ranked – I mean, this could be the highest ranked K-State team in the college football playoff rankings, which come out on Tuesday – since the 2014 season, which K-State was, I believe, around seventh when uh, until they uh, kind of sputtered late in the season. But um, I mean, who who would I mean honestly, who who would have thought K-State would would have been in this position? You were at number 22. I mean, if you would have gotten a close win and all, you would probably move up four or five spots. It's just how convincing K-State won that really turned the eyes and. Like you mentioned, some of the AP poll history, um, that big, that, I mean, as dominating as that one was, I mean, you, you had to move K-State up very high. And, you know, a few, fo- few folks from New Orleans will be pretty happy to see that result as well from Tulane. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. But this was just considered a, a, a statement to – not only the Big 12, but to the country, um, that K-State is here to stay um, as one of the prominent powerhouses in the Big 12. I mean, especially if you're able to beat Oklahoma State, in which you're already saying, oh, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving, we'll just have Oklahoma State as a staple of the Big 12. Um, you, you, you can never count out the Cats. You can never count out the Cats. Yeah, you mentioned Tulane cracks into the top 20 at 19. Oklahoma State drops nine spots themselves to 18. TCU stays at seven. They're probably going to stay at seven unless somebody loses because they're not. I mean, even if they go undefeated, unfortunately, I think all the teams in front of them, just the way college football is with the kind of the um, prestige that the teams in front of them are, you know, they're not getting in front of a Georgia, Ohio State. Michigan, Clemson, you know, Alabama, um, they, Tennessee, they, all those squads. There's they're not they getting could, in front of them. I mean, they could finish. I mean, they could get ahead of um Georgia or Tennessee. Georgia and Tennessee, they play uh this upcoming weekend. So we'll see. But you know, um speaking, I mean speaking of TCU, even I don't think the thing I, is, I I don't think they either team would drop that far. I don't know. I, don't, I mean it's that's, just it's SEC bias. I mean, what what yeah. what are you, what are you going to do these days? Um, but thinking about TCU, the, um, I, I'm starting to I'm starting to think more from a fan perspective. K State is definitely the much better team when they are at its full potential, especially when you're when you're 
like letting Howard or Martinez rip, like I've been saying every single day, just let those two create the magic. Let Deuce Vaughn be Deuce Vaughn. Just let them do that. If if K State didn't cut down so much, put the uh, put their foot on the brake pedal so often, K State still could have beaten TCU. And heck, and if we make it to Arlington against TCU, I think K State would win that pretty convincingly. I must say, I'm I mean TCU. I mean they're gonna continue having these close games with Oklahoma State winning in overtime, came back and beat K State. And then they barely beat West Virginia this week in Morgantown. Like, you, I mean, you got to think, how long is that going to last? I mean, it, it, the, bubble, the bubble's going to burst eventually. Yeah, I mean, they've still got Texas Tech at home, which we'll talk about Texas Tech. They may have a bit of a quarterback controversy themselves. Yeah. Um, and then they're at Texas, at Baylor. That's brutal. That's um, brutal. You know, even if, you know, the spots, those are still good teams, no matter what the records are. And speaking of good teams, no matter what the records are, pesky iowa state is how they finish the season iowa state <laughs> still looking for a win in conference play um they're gonna they'll probably lose but man they'll just make it as tough as possible unless you just run a cheeky fake field goal <laughs> oh my God. anyway we're, anyways we're getting off topic um and you mentioned some of the college football playoff rankings they'll come out tuesday they're not particularly relevant to k-state um we're not making the playoff as a two-loss oh, no. team no chance I mean, TCU would barely would probably not even have a chance of making it at one loss. Unfortunately, that's yeah. just the state of things right now. It's pretty sad, but um, I can guarantee there'll be some talking points from those rankings on Tuesday. Um, there'll probably be something stupid that they'll do that we can, you know, all yell at and talk about. Um, I think the last thing I want to hit on, you touched on it a little bit. I think I just want to talk a little bit about more about what Mike Gundy said in the postgame press conference. I mean, he immediately he said he apologized to the guys. He said the game was on him, that he didn't get him prepared. Um, he didn't say it specifically, but he talked about how with all these injuries that it seems like there wasn't as much physicality in practice. He was probably resting guys. He didn't want to, people to get nicked up in practice. Um, you know, he thought it was the best thing to do, but obviously it didn't work. I mean, like you can say that, right? You can, you know, yeah, you we, can went say a little, that. we went a little lighter in practice than usual. We didn't want guys banged up. But 48 nothing, it's like you still know how to play football. It's not like one week of practice or you're maybe a little underprepared. This is going to set you up for a performance like that. I mean, that's just like straight up disgraceful. You're still a, a talented. You're probably more talented than K-State. And you come out and do that. Like that's I don't think that's any good excuse for losing this bad. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's a man, John. He's a man. I mean, you can argue he's a man who yells about <laughs> the band much um the band the band anyway did you hear did you hear the band did you hear the band chat yesterday it's like we are the band yeah the band. um but i mean you could also consider us as a potential letdown game for oklahoma state they were riding high after a big win over texas k-state i mean this but now this is weird from a k-state perspective because you did mention the the injuries really kind of blew mike gundy's uh, a uh, few few quirks and all for uh, during practices and all, it just didn't it it it, it all didn't work out uh, on uh, on the field this weekend. Um, but when you look at K State, they were probably in a, in the same situation. In fact, maybe even worse. And the fact that the coaching staff were able to get the players uh, to full how I mean even Deuce Vaughn especially. Because everybody was thinking, oh, Deuce Vaughn wasn't really at his full potential. 
Van Collin Klein comes out in the press conference says Deuce Vaughn is feeling is a lot more healthier. We should have no concerns of him. And it seems like that with with everybody else except for Daniel Green and Adrian Martinez. Of course, they weren't one hundred percent, but it but they didn't need him. Apparently, I mean, apparently, especially after this one, K State. I mean, just to kind of wrap things up. Uh, K State handled the adversity of not only bouncing back from a tough loss, but bouncing back from a lot to, a lot of injuries to overcome. Meanwhile, Oklahoma State just completely fell flat on their faces. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's pretty much a good way to put it. I mean, you know, it was a really fun game. It was really cool to be on the field when all the fans were storming. Um, I was right there at the railing as they were coming around, and they were coming right at me. Um, I was worried I was going to get like, you know, uh, Simbud and just get ran over, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> There's a ton of cool stuff going on. I know Balik Knowles got a picture with a cat and with somebody in a cowboy hat. And uh, were, I mean, there, there was so much fun stuff going on out there. You were, you were going to get Mufasa actually. Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I haven't seen Lion King in a while. Um, shout out to the security, by the way. I mean, they, <laughs> they keep strapped. Like, oh my God. Like we, we, like we were waiting over by the gates um, and one of them came over and said, all right, we're expecting a field storming. So but what you're going to do is that you're going to, once when you get over the limestone railing, you're going to, you're going to go over and go to the left of the, of a little low of the gates they had behind the Oklahoma state sideline, go to the left. So as the players can shake hands, then the Oklahoma state players go back to their, to their locker room while the fans continue to, uh, go left and then they storm the field. So um, it's genius. It's genius. I don't know uh, why other schools don't do it. So it does. So you don't get weird altercations like Texas Tech, Texas, where you've got fans fighting Texas players. Get them like you know they put up the railing. There were so many event staff there, and they were aware it's going to happen. You know, tell them what to do, and like you know, it, I think it was a really respectful field storming. If if the Big Twelve if the Big Twelve finds a way to reprimand us for the field storming, I have every reason to believe that they are just completely dick riding KU, uh, because we've seen every single time when KU storms the field that they get that they that they just find a way uh, to to dodge a bullet from the Big Twelve offices down in Dallas or wherever they were, Frisco, Arlington, I don't care. Uh, and then you're seeing other teams like TCU or Texas Tech storm the field. They didn't have the best security on them uh, and a bunch of altercations involved. Good reasons for uh, reprimand, reprimands. But there should be no way in hell K-State should be reprimanded after that. I thought the security was on point. I thought everything looked smooth sailing. Uh, the students did their part. They went to the left uh, uh, of the gates and then they, and then they made, made their way onto the field. Um, I mean, that was that was as perfect as you could have had it, just like the football performance this Saturday. I mean, the best fan experience in the Big 12 in all aspects, even mm -hmm. in field storming, best fan experience in the Big 12. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better way to do it on both sides, I think. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, one more thing. Uh, so uh, 6 p.m., uh, oh, Fox yeah. Sports won for the Texas game next week. Um, I believe Brock Heward said we're getting Benetti and Heward. Yep. Yep. Uh, and shout out to Cole Manbeck as well. He he complimented uh, 
Brock Heward and Jason Bonetti on their call from uh, this performance. They said thank you, and we're looking forward to doing it again this Saturday. Uh, so, ha-ha, Tim Brando. Uh, he could suck it uh, for the most part. Uh, yeah, yeah. Respectfully. Blake, uh, doing, using, using, uh, the, using the bird uh, right in front of my face, uh, directed towards Jim, Tim Brando, of course, because he's nothing more than an absolute joke. That tweet that he had as well, that was just completely stupid. Uh, Brando? Fox, yeah, he he came out with a with a with a tweet uh, that said uh, Willie Willie pipped or something like that. Um, and the K State K State Twitter lost their minds. I almost <sighs> I almost lost it. Uh, I I believe Grant Flanders. It was either Grant Flanders or Derek Young. I mean, they were they were mad as well. Uh, I mean, Tim Fran Tim Brando's a freaking joke, man. He's a he's a joke. It makes me so glad that we're that Jason Benini and Brock Heward are coming back for this one. K-State's, K-State's 2-0 and with those two on the call. They're 2-0. Yeah, we are. Call. That's right. Now now possibly 3-0 uh, as well. With, yeah, with and people are mentioning – Texas. Yeah, people are mentioning the last time we played Texas in primetime was 2012 when we won the Big 12 title in front of them. I was there for that. That was really fun. Um, one more thing. Uh, Fox did – I was heard from somebody that if we beat Oklahoma State, we get big noon kickoff. Nope, they're going to TCU. They're going to TCU to play Texas Tech when TCU are 10-point favorites at home against Texas Tech. A Texas Tech team that the just lost 45-7. Sorry, go ahead, John. Yeah, go go, ahead. No, 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 you, you're completely fine. Lost 45-17 to Baylor. Uh, so, sorry, interrupt, by the way. Uh, and, and TCU doesn't have any fans. They, they're, they're, they're praying to... They're praying to God they get the fans from Stillwater and Manhattan to come to their stadium uh, just to fill it up every Saturday. Next thing you know, that stadium's going to be painted red, uh, waiting to see another, just to see an absolute disappointing performance from Texas Tech. Uh, meanwhile, you're going to get possibly the, the better team, better purple team of the Big 12 playing in prime time. Well, actually, you know what? Primetime doesn't sound all that bad now. Uh, oh, we, yeah. Better, I'm it's glad so we didn't get an 11 a.m. kick. I'll take that. Yeah, it's better than freaking yeah, freaking 11 a.m. Three two well 2:30 is not bad either. Uh, but think about prime time. The last time prime time football occurred between K State and Texas was of course the Big 12 championship. Uh, that one year when Colin Klein uh, went off, he scored him on his on the final play that pretty much sealed the deal in K State's Big 12 championship. So. Well, I mean, we'll have a lot more to come with this uh, with this Texas game on Friday, but uh, I'm just I'm just yeah. celebrating the moment. I'm 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 on my high horse, is what they all say. Yeah, and right can now. we just talk, can we just talk about the fact that Baylor and Oklahoma, the preseason one and two teams in the Big Twelve Conference, are playing on ESPN Plus in oh Week Ten. Oh, Baylor I, and Oklahoma, they're playing on ESPN Plus. On top of that, guess who might be going to Lawrence now? Tim Brando might be going to Lawrence because KU and Oklahoma State they're two thirty on FS1. Oh, that's that sounds like Brando o'clock. That's that's Brando o'clock at its yes best that is I've definitely. ever heard. Man, uh, I mean, I guess I'll I'll kind of finish it with this. Who would have thought, Blake? Who who would have thought? Not me. Not who me. Who would have thought? Usually we take a break to talk about uh, the non-rev sports. And around the Big Twelve, but let's just let's just run through these real yeah, quick you, before we get know, out of here. Let's let's do it. Let's yeah, because we've kind of well, vaguely talked very... about them a little bit at least. Um, 
So, I mean, Baylor, Texas Tech, 45-17. We talked about it. Um, I'll just say, Baron Morton, we asked the question, could he have three good games in a row? The answer is an astounding no. Um, no. 11 of 34, 152 yards, a touchdown, three picks. Tyler Show got um, a couple throws in this game. So did Donovan Smith. Um, Tyler Show was their starting quarterback at the start of the season. He got hurt. Then they went to Donovan Smith. Then they went to Baron Morton, who popped off for a couple games. So, I mean, who knows where Texas Tech is going to go next. But um, it seems like Baylor's starting to come back to their, um, you know, the the Baylor that we thought they might be at the start of the season. And the one that doesn't lose to a to the worst BYU team we've seen in a while. <laughs> but um, their running back, what what's his name? Richard Reese? Yep. Uh, he ran for almost 150 yards. He had three touchdowns in the evening. Um I mean, sometimes it's it's best to keep things simple when they work, um, especially when your offense has the ball over 40 minutes as well. I mean, they took they dominated the time of possession and somewhere to the K-State Oklahoma State game. It wasn't it, it wasn't because Baylor's offense was that good. It was because Texas Tech was just struggling. And on top of that, they had a lot of turnovers as well. Let me see. Yeah, five, five turnovers Texas Tech had against Baylor last night and. Baron Morton threw three picks and uh, Donovan Smith threw one as well. Um, oh, even Tyler So at one point was picked off as well, uh, but that was his first pass attempt. So we'll let it slide. It's like, it's like Jake Rubley uh, last week or something like that. But I mean, I don't care how good of a team or how bad of a team Texas Tech is because I mean, you just can't turn the ball over like that five times in a game and expect to win. Yeah, it was the same thing when they played us and turned it over four times. You just can't win a game like that. Uh, let's move on. Oklahoma, Iowa State. Oklahoma gets a win, um, 27-13. Iowa State still winless. They are 0-5 in conference play. Hunter Deckers, we we ranked him as the worst quarterback in the Big 12. That is definitely still true. He mm-hmm. threw the ball 57 times, had a touchdown and three picks. Oh, 57 man. times, John. They threw <laughs> Like, holy cow. And they didn't even have a receiver over 100 yards. Not um, even Xavier Hutchinson, huh? No, he only had 72. Well, I mean, that that's that's the one man who does the God's work for Iowa State, but it <laughs> never pans out that way but down in the up in the cornfields, does it? Uh, but <laughs> Hunter Dickers, he was not smart with the ball. I mean, you said it, three interceptions. They were costly. Um, I, um, I watched a little bit of this while I was at the gate. I mean, there were several there were several times in the contest where it just felt like Iowa State was going to take over, but they were never able to capitalize offensively, and that's been ma- mainly the problem. It's like Iowa's offense; they they just can't find any any way to just connect on anything. I mean, the only thing that that was that was making them tread water at one point was Xavier Hutchinson, and now it just looks like they're completely sinking. Um, but Oklahoma, they deserve all the credit coming into really one of the more difficult environments uh, at Iowa State, like a lot of teams have. I mean, Ames is not, Ames is not easy. To, it is not an easy place to play. Um, but, the, but, but, but Oklahoma showed up. I mean, their defense showed up as well. Uh, and then their special teams play. Uh, man, Brent Venables had something up his ass with that one. My God. Uh, that was, that was, a, that was really good. Um, let, let me, let me see. Uh, it was, uh, it was, let me see. It was the placeholder that um, I believe scored the touchdown for, uh, or was it the placeholder? It was I the kicker. I, it he was, was the one a, who okay. he tossed it to the kicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he tossed it to the kicker. I'm looking at it now. Um, 
but man that was that was pretty smart thinking i i mean on, on that fake field goal it was well executed well planned out iowa state's deep defense just uh they completely sold yeah you know the, i was thinking the entire because i think it was like a 19 yard field goal i was like that's a tricky field goal because there's is in the far right hash so that's one of those tough ones where you had a really tough angle so i mean it's not the worst thing to go for it you only need to get two yards but Oklahoma State or Oklahoma gets the win, excuse me, but they still have three losses. So they're pretty much not in contention uh, for Arlington at all. Uh, let's move on. TCU, West Virginia. Um, this game is probably closer than it should have been given the stature of both teams. Uh, TCU, the best team of the Big 12 in West Virginia, probably the worst. But this was a close uh, game. I, I don't know. I think Iowa State, you have to make it's, the point that Iowa State's the it's worst. It's 50 50 to me. <laughs> 50. I mean, West Virginia does have, I don't know. They, they have to play in Ames as well. So that might be the, I guess. Yeah. That'll be the deciding uh, battle. But um, West Virginia, they they're up, you know, 14, seven early on in the game. They're go trading blow for blow all the way um, until the end. Um, I mean, Hunter Deckers throws a pick here um, late in the fourth quarter. How much time is left here? Like, you know, with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, he throws a pick um, when West Virginia is down 34-31, but they can't do anything with it. TCU scores a touchdown, and they win 41-31. Um, they just – TCU finds a way every game. Um, close, but they find a way. Um, Andre Miller, I, I don't know why he hasn't been uh, – I mean, he, he deserves to be oh. in, in the conversation for being one of the top running backs in Big 12. Like – I mean, you're going to have your obvious headliners with Deuce Vaughn and Bijan Robinson um, out of Texas, but Kendra Miller, he has really showed up for TCU this season. Um, for West Virginia, excuse me, uh, he was, I mean, he was the catalyst for the offense. He finished the day with 12 carries for 120 yards, one touchdown as well from uh, uh, with a 51 yard run. I mean, West Virginia's uh, run defense was absolutely terrible yesterday. Uh, I mean, they, I mean, they showed a lot of fight, but their defense was non-existent. Um, it was, it was a close game, but um, I, I think even with, even with that better performance by West Virginia, I mean, it's not going to give them, it's not going to give uh, too much for West Virginia fans to be excited about, especially with uh, what Neil Brown is looking like, but. As a K-State fan, I'm kind of hoping we keep Neil Brown around before the K-State game so as we can fire him uh, like we do with everybody else. Yeah, listen, when the other team is hoping that your head coach sticks around, it's, prob it's probably not a good thing. <laughs> All right. And, uh, no, no, we'll no. I, I just want him to stay to the, uh, until so, we, so we can be the ones so who fire him? Yeah. Yeah, just like what we did with Matt Wells and Gary Patterson last yeah. year. Oh, yeah, that was a ton of fun. All right. Well, obviously, uh, we'll preview all of the you know, the other Big 12 games um, briefly on our live show Friday. Um, let's talk about some volleyball and soccer real quick. Unfortunately, um, Texas, while they're not the greatest team in the world in football, um, I don't know if you know this, John, but they're pretty good in like every other sport because they've just got yeah. the, that money to spend on it. So uh, let's talk. Oh, I'm seeing our swimming, men's swimming, men's swimming trophies out here. <laughs> Uh, let's talk soccer first. Um, obviously a huge accomplishment just to make the big 12 tournament, but unfortunately they got in as the eighth seed and had to play top seeded Texas in soccer. Uh, they lost four to nothing, unfortunately, but um, you know, still it's still history being made for the program just to be there. 
Um, mm-hmm. so, but unfortunately their season is now over, but, um, you know, it was a really good season. There were a lot of fun moments. Um, you know, they're just continue to lay those, those building blocks, uh, for the program to have success in the future. I mean, it, it, it was a special season and, um, I mean, I won't take anything too much away from, from Texas. I mean, they came in as a more prepared team. I think K-State for the most part. Um, I mean, they, they they were looking forward to playing this, but I think as well, they were just happy they were able to accomplish uh, getting final, finally getting over the hump. You know, we we were mentioning uh, mentioning this uh, on Friday. Um, we we were we were celebrating our asses off uh, <laughs> on the show, but um, uh, it, it was it was an accomplishment for K State soccer that not all the other teams in the past could say. Um, you know, making it in, you were one of the teams who really. Uh, uh, established the postseason um, appearance. Uh, uh, it really started the postseason uh, appearances for K State, and um, it, it's it's all it's always hard work. When you set a goal, you have you have to work really hard for it, and you just gotta bust you just gotta bust it every day. Um, and when you set a goal, you have to realize it's gonna be really hard to accomplish it, and um, uh, it. Oh geez, I just repeated, but um, it's it, overall um, it was it was a fantastic season for the team. Uh, you know, this is, it's only a building block, like like you said. It's um, it's not it's not the easiest. Um, it's not always the easiest when you have some of the younger pieces to work with. In which, for Domini's case, you're working with the youngest program in the Big Twelve, um, and now you're starting to see see everything build up with. Um, some of the team chemistry, the team cohesiveness, uh, the execution as well. Um, it's starting to look a lot more efficient from this team. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward next year. Um, I'm hoping for sure for sure, this is uh, not, not the floor for K-State next year. I'm sure uh, K-State can make a lot more noise in the Big 12 uh, this upcoming season as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's still a pretty young team. Um, there's a few seniors, but it's mostly er, everyone else in the squad is pretty much freshmen and sophomores, so they've still got a lot of room to grow there. Uh, let's move on to volleyball, who unfortunately also had to play Texas, who are arguably I don't know how exactly how good they are in soccer, but they're probably even better in volleyball. The number two team in the country. Um, you got to give credit to K State. They won the first set, um, twenty five twenty three. I mean, I think I heard something from uh Brian during the broadcast that like only other, only like four other games had uh, Texas like gone to a fourth set or even a fifth set. I mean, Texas does not go to four sets very often. They're usually just sweeping teams and they're sweeping them in convincing fashion where they're barely even putting up 12 points. So um, sets two and three were pretty rough, John. Um, I tuned, I tuned in the middle of the third set, but that fourth set was really fun. We got it to, you know, 2020, just just couldn't pull it out lost 25 21 and ended up losing the entire match three to one but you know it was kind of an expected result against a tough team like texas so if you're able to take a set off them you can at least have some of a moral victory i thought k-state compared to some of the other matches they were a lot more prepared um they started well i mean you know playing texas you're never going to have the best starts and you're never going to have the best finishes um but you came in uh, but you came in firing on all cylinders when Texas was not expecting it. Um, they played on a lot of hard stretches as well, which for the most part, um, 
it's always been kind of up and down, but you got on some runs. Uh, they let they let the other team score some runs, but um, um, and but you know, K State played played to um, really play neck and neck for the most part, especially in the first and in, in the fourth sets. Um, but I guess K State did break down and serve receive in the middle part of a match. I mean, of course, Texas is going to be a difficult team to generate any offense. Uh, against out of system um but they played uh, really hard i thought it showed a lot of improvement um lauren hankel uh, posted a career high a career high uh four kills in addition to her double double number of 34 assists and 10 digs um it was her let me see it was uh her fifth double double uh match this season as well so um, she had a good performance mckenzie morris she tapped 17 digs uh, as well um she, uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, uh, more. She tallied seventeen or more digs in the last four matches. So um, there's still a lot, more, a lot more progress to be made with this team. But I, but um, based on what we've seen throughout the past few weeks, I'm liking where this team is uh, uh, heading. Yeah, they've got uh, two games on the road. They play KU in the Sunflower Showdown Wednesday, November second. Then that Friday, uh, they go to Iowa State to play the Cyclones. Then they're back home. Thursday, November 10th to play West Virginia on women's empowerment night. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so we have that to look forward to. Um, John, this pod has definitely been kind of all over the place, but I mean, we've never really been in a situation where we've had to talk about a game that was just so positive. I mean, is this what it's like to be like an Alabama football podcast where you're just like, well, we beat Vandy 55 to nothing. But, you know, I mean, he, our he, wide receiver play could have been a tad better and our offensive line didn't quite, quite the push that we needed. I, like, I don't know what to say. I mean, like we're usually fairly critical of the team. There's usually mistakes that are fair to be criticized. But I mean, like the entire ass, like everything was just great. And I think I mean, it's tough to make an hour content out of that, but it was all great. So well, I think, well, I mean, even even from a K-State perspective and and some of those games, some of the past games like Oklahoma I mean, you can fill out a nit, nitpick or two from 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 this game as well. I mean, for but the Alabama and the Georgias of the world, their fans are going to be uh, going to be criticizing the team even after 50, 55 to zero blowouts. Um, but you're not hearing a, a peep out of me. Maybe on Friday, uh, if if I if I need to say anything, but oh, yeah, we got to lock in on Texas on Friday. Yeah, we got. I mean, we're going to lock in on Texas on Friday, and I couldn't be more ready. Uh, to beat those bums. I mean, it's been six years. It's been six or seven years since K-State's beat them. Uh, Chris Kleiman is due to exercise his demons. Uh, I mean, he did it against Oklahoma State. Uh, it's it's about time he did it against those burn orange bums uh, who has too many media outlets and too many uh, donors who pay for mediocre coaches uh, as well. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to this weekend, Blake. Um, it's 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 looking it's looking very positive hopefully k-state's able to con, um continue to um just really grind right i mean and just continue to rise and uh just fully go at it i mean they are in the they're in the thick of things um already we saw tcu last week oklahoma state this week texas and baylor are coming up and if k-state's able to do their part um K-State should be feeling really, really good about their chances at Arlington and maybe even a Big 12 championship. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got the monkey off your back if you're Chris Kleiman by beating Oklahoma State for the first time. Now you got to do it against Texas and Baylor, and uh, we'll see what he can do. We'll be there to talk about it live on Wildcat 91.9 on Friday at 6 p.m., so you have that to look forward to. Make sure to check out our basketball preview if you haven't already. Basketball team starts Tuesday in an exhibition against Washburn, and then they open up against UTRGV. I mean, you got women's basketball. Uh, yeah, women's basketball as well. Playing Fort Hayes State as well. So, uh, what? oh, it's going to be like six consecutive days of K-State sports. It started on Friday against Texas, and you have football on, on Saturday, soccer on Sunday. You get women's basketball tomorrow. You get basketball on Tuesday. Uh, and then you get the volleyball match on Wednesday. So you got – so every day is Saturday. Oh, definitely. It's Saturday. Yeah, we're getting into the crazy part of the sports world where we really make our money, John. Um, And then when things are in – you know, when it's April um, and we spend 10 minutes on baseball, we'll have a lot of fun talking about random stuff. But let's get out of here, John. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at ShakenBlake785. Leave a review for listening on Apple Podcasts. And catch by 90. Catch by 90. Come on.